Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. Today's episode is my dream interview. Our guest is urologist Dr. Andrew Steinberg. Obviously, he's a urologist. I hounded him with over an hour's worth of boner questions. We talked about the four most common issues people walk into his office with, which are uh, premature ejaculation when you come too fast, hormonal issues like low testosterone, erectile dysfunction when you can't achieve a boner, whether that's due to physical or psychological issues, and Peyronie's disease when your dick has a curve in it due to scar tissue buildup. Um, in addition to all that, I got to settle a bet between my husband and myself in regards to pre-cum and whether or not there's sperm in it. Um, spoiler alert, I won that bet kind of. Um, <laughs> and I also got to ask all about prostates, balls, and squirting. Also, I finally got some clarity on whether or not blue balls are real. Uh, to learn more after this interview about, you know, all these wonderful boner issues, you can hear Dr. Steinberg's own podcast, Have the Balls to Talk About It. Um, I know that's exactly where I'm headed next. So <laughs> enjoy the interview. As almost of as my I questions can. are about boners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, well, I, I know a little bit about boners from, from work yeah. and from personal experience. So I got oh, them both perfect. <laughs> You're the perfect guy to ask then. Exactly. I mean, I guess, I guess my first, the first thing I want to ask is actually like not even just a general boner question, but like, what is the number one thing that people come in to see you about? Well, I'm, I mean, a urologist, so I, I'm a urologist who does a lot of sexual medicine. So, you know, urology in general incorporates a lot of urinary symptoms, you know, older guys with prostate, women with incontinence, women with uh, bladder infections, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and in terms of sexual dysfunction, which now probably makes up a third of my practice, uh, okay. the number one thing is erectile dysfunction. Of course. Yeah. So I guess the top... Four would be erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, uh, testosterone, low testosterone, low, low libido, low sex drive, and Peyronie's disease. Is Peyronie's disease the one where it's like uh, bent in the shape of like the number seven? Uh, well, those are severe cases, but yeah, Peyronie's okay. disease is like scar tissue that forms in the penis and it, it gets the penis to, to have a bend and that could be a... A 15 degree curve or it can be a 90 degree curve and make a seven. Yeah. I know a few people who have that. At what point is it, how do I, peroneus disease? Peroni. 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 Yeah. Like pepperoni, peroni. Yeah. Okay. Peroni. Like at what point is it peroni disease? Because I, I feel like a lot of dicks have like a little bit of a curve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. There's a natural curve usually up. Some people have kind. a natural curve down. Yes. My favorite kind is up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if it's there are some rare down ones and it's 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 not easy to have regular sex positions sure. when you're pointing down, you got to definitely adjust for it. So some people ha are born with it. So Peyronie's disease is acquired. It happens over time. So if someone says, "Well, I have a curve on my penis, but I've had it as long as I can remember when I had erections. It was always this way. This I thought this was normal kind of thing." Um that's not Peyronie's. Peyronie's is usually one 
develops, like it wasn't there a year ago or five years ago. Number two, it's um, it, it's often painful in the beginning with erections. Oh, okay. So it's because there's it's, it's inflammation, it's uh, it's inflammation and and scarring and all that stuff that's leading to the disease. So in the beginning, but how it's does usually, it happen? Like how well, how how can you just like randomly develop scar tissue? So there's there's two theor- Well, there's two. One is trauma. So someone has a little a penile injury, a penile fracture, uh, and the other one. We don't know, but we assume it's trauma, so we call it micro trauma. So they were basically mm. having little, little injuries that they didn't realize, and then it starts off a chain of, of event. It's funny because there's probably a, ge- a genetic uh, component to it because the same people who get peronies are often at risk of having something called Dupuytren's contracture. It's basically peronies in the hand. So oh. it's I don't know if you ever seen someone with a, a like the fingers bend up and they yes. can't straighten it my, because my. My middle school math teacher had that. Yeah, so I wonder if he, he had Peyronie. He may have had Peyronies. <laughs> I feel I, I feel like I'm like in, like I shouldn't know that. <laughs> like I feel bad. Okay, well, we'll ask about his Dupuytrens, but we won't ask about your middle school's Peyronies <laughs> disease. I mean, I'm I'm not in touch with him, but yeah, but that uh, I gotta I have a few girlfriends I need to call up and like. <laughs> spread that gossip. Um, But I I actually know someone who had a really severe case of Peroni and he, um, he straight up, he was a porn star. He was one of the first performers I ever worked with and he straight up broke his dick. Yeah. Like he was, a girl was riding him in like a reverse cowgirl position and like sat down too hard. Yeah. That's one of the worst positions actually. Um, so the, the, yeah, I mean, it's called the penile fracture and it's, I mean, it's not a fracture. There's no bone in the penis, obviously, but what happens is, is when you're, you're really hard, uh, and you bend it, the, the, the envelope around the, the spongy tissue can break open <gasps> and it hurts like hell. Obviously, uh, the penis gets soft right away. People often recall having a crack, uh, hearing <gasps> a cracking sound and, uh, and then that scars with scar tissue and the scar tissue isn't as elastic as the rest of the tissue so when you get an erection uh it pulls the penis in that direction is it so reversible uh it's reversible in, in in some cases there's many different ways that we treat it i mean those cases those penile fractures you want to operate on them right away so you want to okay. you know you go in clean it up repair that hole and, and they usually heal very well without much of a residual peronies or scar scar tissue but and the like, uh, no, please go ahead. Yeah, but the the ones who have peronies, it, it rarely goes away on its own, and there's different things that we do to to decrease the curve. Um, Is it harmful? Like if you don't treat it, like uh, other than like just you know making sex a little bit uncomfortable, like is no. it no. okay? Like it's no, not no bad for your health to keep it. No one ever dies of peronies disease. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. That's not funny. <laughs> and, and and it's 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 it, you know people are bothered by it by um, varying degrees. You know, a guy guy came in today, and he had a a little tiny curve. The like I, he should. I asked him to show me a picture, and you know I, I joke with my daughters that I get more dick pics than they do. But <laughs> but it's um, you know he had a little, but he was so bothered by it, like it was the end of the world. And then I had another guy who had you know like you said before number seven. And he said, we need to do something about it. We need to operate. And I said, well, how's, why is it bothering you? He goes, well, because it, it's curved. So I, I looked at his wife and I said, well, are you guys able to have sex? She said, yeah, no problem. I said, 
looked at him. I said, are your erections hard? Do you have any pain? He said, no. I said, well, then you don't, then don't need to fix it. If you're having a normal yeah. sex life and it's just because of a curve, you're not, you're not a porn star. You're not a penis model. So who cares if it curves <laughs> a little bit? So, right. so I convinced yeah. him out of it. I convinced him not to have the surgery and, and just live with it. Because I guess happy. anytime you don't have to go under, like it's better yeah. to not go under, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, why? Yeah. 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 I, I, at that point, it's just totally cosmetic. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. That's what I told him. Um, I have a question. Have you ever seen I, – I met this Uber driver once who told me about um, – Who had Peyronie's? He didn't have Peyronie's, but he had um, he had like a little pearl. It wasn't a pearl, but he called it a pearl implanted into his dick in yeah. when, when he was in jail. Yeah. Um, and like his, his story was that like I guess – he um in in the whatever prison he was in for every year his like little friend group in prison for every year they were in prison they implanted a shaved down domino like a you know the game dominoes they yeah. would shave that down and implant it into their penis under their foreskin um I've, do you I've, ever see that i've i've seen it twice one i actually removed he had one thing and he had it years ago and he wanted to have it removed did he get it in prison or no 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 he was on a he was on a trip in Japan I think it's big in I think it's big in Japan it would be uh, or, or yeah it's, it's yeah <laughs> like I'm from Japan I can say that like, <laughs> right <laughs> okay so, and, and, and that's for guy, like sexual pleasure yeah apparently okay. yeah I don't I don't really see it I don't know if it's for him or or for, for I the, think it's for the, the woman partner. or yeah, the exactly. partner yeah yeah exactly so, and the other one, so he wanted it removed. So we did a little procedure, removed it. But another guy came in and I was examining him for, he had erectile dysfunction. And, you know, I was just examining him and, I, and I, you know, I lower his pants and he's got like six of these in there. And I, that was the first time I ever saw it. I never knew much about it. I'm like, whoa, what are those? <laughs> and, um, and what, did you say something about it? Well, I asked him about it just just for curiosity, and he said, "Yeah, we got it implanted for for sexual pleasure reasons." In prison, or no, 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 he wasn't. Oh. No, these were all, you know, non non free men. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, also, like my Uber driver could have been just like pulling my leg. Like I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I, he showed me a picture of it, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I never heard the prison association with it, but. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, for anybody listening to this, don't use domino pieces if you're going to do it. Get it, get it done sterile and clean. And uh, the one that you removed, probably. like what was it made out of? It looked like a little. Yeah, remember the little game, the little jelly beans that would wobble and wobble. What like a little, marble? Like a little capsule? No, but yeah, but like a capsule, almost like a little capsule. Imagine, uh, like a like an Advil or something capsule, but mm -hmm. big, but big. Oh, so it wasn't a circle. No, this one, no, they were like a oblong. Mm. Oh, like the shape of a pill. Yeah, exactly. But, oh, but big, it was big. It was, it was like oh. the size of two marbles side by side, this one. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's was, interesting. Uh, yeah. And they both had foreskin. I'm, or maybe uh, no. That I don't remember. Oh, wow, you see so many dicks that you don't even remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When a guy has two marbles implanted in his penis, you can't what, even remember uh, if he's cut or not. No, exactly. <laughs> I, w I would remember. And I've uh, well, seen a look, lot of dicks. Yeah, but you know, nowadays, <laughs> I bet I've seen more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. 
<laughs> I bet you have. I mean, like you see multiple every day. I see multiple every day, yeah. I, when I see multiple so, in one day, that's pretty like special. Yeah, yes. But your 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 guys are probably quick to to show theirs. I mean, I have I'm I'm sitting there at a, at a desk and ask them questions, and I'm like, okay, let me have a look, and I pull my chair on the side of my desk, and they're like, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like come what, over here, right pull, now, <laughs> yeah, come over here, pull down your pants, and they're like, like here, I'm like, well, yeah, you're not at the dentist, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm you're here to talk about your penis, like you know, I'm I'm not checking your teeth. <laughs> how how many penises do you see in one day? Uh, I mean, it, you know, it, I guess it ranges. I see about uh, 20 to 30 patients a day. So I don't know, five, six, seven kind of thing. Oh, 10. wait, but out of 20, only five, six, seven to 10? Well, only, yeah. I mean, not everyone has to, you know, an older guy comes in with prostate cancer. I don't ask to see his penis. <laughs> oh, really? Because... I, I don't know. I, yeah. I probably would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. So, Peyronie's disease, erectile dysfunction. I know yeah. that like I cannot do this interview without asking about that because I know that's like yeah. the number one question, right? Like people even ask me about it and I know nothing about erectile dysfunction. So is erectile dysfunction like what what is it by definition? Like, okay, let's say a guy does a lot of cocaine and then his dick doesn't get hard while he's on cocaine. Like, is that erectile dysfunction? No, I mean, you know, everybody has their bad nights and they're, sure. you know, they got drunk, they, whatever it is. So, you know, one episode is not, you know, but it's, it's a, it's, it's a recurrent uh, weakness of the erections that's causing distress. Um, you know, there's many people who have weak erections, but they don't care because, they don't have a partner. They don't have a sex drive. Their wife is not interested. And they just accept, accepted it and so on. But um, it's it's extremely prevalent. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. you know, um, at my age, uh, one in two men have some element of erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. One They're in kind of, two? Yeah, one in wow. two, 50%. So uh, it's, it's, you know, in, at a 30-year-old, it's one in three. Wow. Yeah, but you, you can't so imagine. Common. Yeah, you can't imagine the number of eighteen-year-olds, twenty-five-year-olds, and and so on. Now, you know, different things cause erectile dysfunction, and, and the younger you are, the more likely it is to be psychological. Sure, like from anxiety or performance, performance anxiety, performance anxiety, or or for whatever. There was. I had a patient who was went to a sex therapist, and he was told, "Well, you know, it's all in your head, and you're either gay and suppressing it, or you your penis, you're you're bothered by your penis size." So I thought that Wait, was those are the only two options that, he got. That, that's what, yeah, yeah. That's so is, cruel. That's very cruel. And I can't believe, and I said, is this a real sex therapist? And uh, he goes, yeah, you know, he's got a website and he wrote a book and whatever. I'm like, that is not right. You know, that person is, that therapist is like dangerous yeah. to society. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because telling young men that. That's yeah. So, I mean, you know, a, a lot of them is just, you know, they had a bad experience. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they were drunk, or the condom broke, or they, you know, pulled down his pants, and the girl laughed at him, and whatever. And then mm -hmm. it just sticks up here, and it's mm -hmm. it's a vicious cycle because you know the next time you, you know you're in bed with someone and you, you start to get an erection, you don't want to be thinking, "Hmm, am I going to lose my erection?" Because that's the worst. I have that's seen this happen like firsthand. Like I can say. Like I've seen this happen firsthand a lot, like whether it's in porn, outside of porn, at every age of my life, I have seen guys that 100%. like the second they start thinking like anything about their boner, like it, it's they a lost it. It's, it's a gone. killer. It's, it's, it's a killer. Yeah. 
And it could be devastating to some men because it ruins their lives and they, they obsess about it. And, and, I, and I keep saying, the more, like, you know, how do, how, it was a, the more you obsess about it, the more you think about it, the worse it is. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, I started a guy in medication. And he's like, well, what should I look for when I have an erection or, or how, you know? I said, whoa. I said, don't look for anything. You want to, when you have an erection, have fun. You want to have sex. You want to enjoy. You want to, you want to come. You want to whatever. The worst thing is to make it medical and try to examine your erection and think about, well, is this a full erection or 80% or, you know, and this guy was like, make it a clinical experience. Exactly. He was, he was keeping charts and a log about how hard his (laughs) penis was. Wait, I love Uh, this guy. Yeah, exactly. But he he was, he was not doing himself a favor in any way. But I, I feel like. This guy sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's a really interesting guy. <laughs> he was, he was, he was. But, uh, but you know, so a, a lot of the time it's the guys on himself. It is a lot of times uh, in the, the partners. And I know there's some cultures. I have a lot of, uh, I see a lot of men from India. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're newlywed and they're often, you know, have sex on the first night of their marriage, in arranged marriages. And if they get erectile dysfunction, the woman often goes back and tells the parents and they shame the guy. No. Yeah. And you see these, you know, 24, 28, these guys are scared. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're devastated. Yeah. uh, And I can only imagine, like, I mean, I, I think like we all experience it on like some degree, maybe not to that degree, but like, you know, society definitely like feeds us a lot of information about how like sex is bad from when we're, you know, very young. So I can only imagine like the messaging is not helpful in getting, and and then like you've saved it up for this big night, your first night, you're married, you can finally have sex. What pressure. Oh my God. And then like, oh my God, that's terrible. So So what is the solution? I'm going to throw a question back to you. When you come across that as, you know, at work or not at work or not, Mm -hmm. you know, what how do you react because that's that's super important i'm not i'm not putting the blame on the partner at all but it can definitely worsen it and it can definitely help it sure i mean i think porn for me personally and i i can i can probably speak for most of us like women working in like straight porn but like i think we've really learned how to deal with it cuz you know the number one thing is like we don't put pressure on the guy, right? Like anything that is going to like make him more nervous or like more shame, ashamed or shameful or, or anything like that, like usually doesn't help. So usually we're just kind of like, we just act like it's normal because it is right. And, right. and, and we have a phrase in porn, which is fail like a man. Cause we, right. we call it failing a scene when a guy can't get hard. Right. And, and we just treat it like, listen, this fucking happens to every single guy and any guy that says they've never failed a scene is a liar or right. he hasn't been important long enough for it to happen, <laughs> right. which no, is that's, not that long. <laughs> that's, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a great, it's, it's an amazing way to, to deal with it really. And we usually just like step away the whole, the whole set, like the crew, you know, the camera guy, the director, everyone, we all just kind of like leave him alone and give him some space and then we're like, listen, if it's not going to happen today, we can call in someone else or we'll do it. We'll reschedule it for another day. But it's it's kind of honestly, it's just kind of normal. And it's part yeah. of the job. So how do you how do you what do you recommend like the partner well, does? You know, first, situation? I want to make sure there's, you know, if there's anything, uh, let's call it medical in, involved in it. And um, and, the, you know, blood flow issues, hormonal issues, testosterone, mostly, uh, 
you know, and what well, the four things are are really psychological, uh, circulation, uh, hormonal, and and nerves. The nerves to the penis. Now, nerves okay. to the penis are usually damaged if you have huge pelvic trauma, an accident, or or surgery of the pelvis, like removing your prostate. So that's not usually. Uh, I mean, not the majority of the patients I deal with, but mm-hmm. um, and you know, I like to treat it from all ends because there's there's, there's no. Uh, you know, there's not many one-shot treatments that's going to cure everything. So I tell patients, look, maybe it's a little bit your circulation issues. Maybe it's a little hormonal. It's definitely something from here. Let's treat it from all angles. So I'll, I'll, I'll once suggest they all see a sex therapist. Okay. Okay. Very important. Super important. I would say 80% of them don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> they, want, they, they want an easier solution. They don't want to put in the work or they don't believe it. it's not in my head. I know it wasn't there last week and it's there now. Well, that's exactly. If it wasn't there last week and it's there now, it's yeah. definitely, you know, it's definitely. Also, I imagine like number one, I think there's like a huge stigma about therapy among men specifically. And then two, like I could imagine maybe like if a person isn't so sexually open, it might be embarrassing for them to go to like seek a sexual. Yeah, therapy. but you know, you got to get it. You got to talk. I we, we I started a podcast a couple of years ago called Have the Balls to Talk mm-hmm. About It. <laughs> which is really about uh, you know men like coming out and talking about it. Uh, it's so important. And mm-hmm. often when I see these guys come in, they're not they're not opening up. And I just I get in there and they finally start to open up, and you can see the relief to get to get it off their chest and to start the process. So it is you know these at least the ones that I deal with the sex therapists they're amazing. You know they're they're really really knowledgeable they're they're cool they you can tell them anything you can and and it's it's super helpful so i i almost beg patients to go see so one. and and what does a sex therapist do just kind of get to the bottom of the anxiety and then is it like recognizing the anxiety like makes it not well, as the, powerful you know, different people or? different people yeah i mean different different of them you know take different approaches it depends on their philosophy it also depends on on where it's coming from and you know not everyone you have to be sigmund freud and say well your mother you know mm-hmm. uh, you you know we have mummy issues and stuff like that some of it just had a bad experience some of it uh you know maybe they were abused in the past and, and those you, you got to sort of get get deep into it and others try mm-hmm. to just work where, where, where it makes sense on, on the more, you know, you guys just have to have fun and they give them exercises. You're going to go in bed tonight and you're going to explore each other's body, but you're not going to, sex is not allowed. No matter how far you get, whatever, you're going to stop before you get that. So it takes the pressure off them. Ooh, and that's and hot. Yeah, it is kind of. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah. So it's, it, you know, there's different techniques and, and there's different approaches depending on, on the individuals. It's great when the couples can go because, you know, sex is, you you know, usually a, well, often a couple's thing. Um, mm-hmm. For people who are single, it's not as easy, especially if they're not dating at the moment. You can't, yeah. you can't practice. You can't. Um, so, it, it, you know. Is it, it's, it still considered erectile dysfunction if the guy can get hard, like easily when he's like home alone, jerking off, watching a porno? Yeah, absolutely. But like when he's with um, a partner, like he yeah, can't get absolutely that's still but, erectile. But yeah, for sure. But then it's most you know, it's obviously a big part that's of that. That's obviously psychological. psychological. Yeah. yeah. So um, so you know, sex therapist is a big part. Uh, okay. when I think if a guy's, you know, really horny, if he's got good energy and working out in the gym, whatever, I'm not really gonna test his testosterone levels. But if he has anything, the the, the signs of low testosterone or the symptoms of low testosterone are fatigue, 
sometimes you feel like you're in a brain fog. You don't have that drive that you had before and low sex drive. Sometimes it takes longer to come or it's not as pleasurable. So any of those or anything like that, I will uh, check their testosterone levels. Do all and, guys eventually have low testosterone? Like at um, some point in their lives? It's not It's not like menopause in a woman. You don't have... Uh, right, no, that's here. what I'm asking. But, but I think, look, my philosophy is that we were meant to, you know, get women pregnant. Guys were meant to get women pregnant as many as we can, spread our genetic material, and then die. Yeah. Right? We, we, were, we weren't meant to live into our 40s or 50s or 60s, you know. So there is definitely, a, a, you know, a gradual decline, uh, I think, much more than we actually know about because there's probably mm-hmm. a bunch of people who just, well, I'm, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, that's what it is. But I, I don't think it's that. I think it's, I think it's testosterone related. For sure. Okay. Um, but you know, I have ninety-five-year-olds who are horny and 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 have great sex lives without so, without anything, without yeah. taking anything. Ninety-five-year-olds. Yeah. Um, Holy shit! I had a nine. I, this was my first year of practice. This this guy's talking to me about his prostate and everything, and I'm uh, and he's like, "Doctor, I have a question to ask you." I'm like, "Sure, go ahead, anything." He goes, "When I go to sleep at nighttime, uh, I take a little bit of scotch." I said, that's no problem. That's okay. That's great. You know, it helps you sleep. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. He goes, but I take it when the same time as I take my Viagra. Is that okay? <laughs> this cute 95-year-old guy. So I'm like, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it. So, <laughs> is it is it bad to take Viagra every day? Um, no. 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 There's a there's a there's there's a daily dose of Cialis to Dalafil, which is smaller than the regular dose. So some people prefer that uh, because it's not on demand. So it, you know, there's for younger oh, guys. Oh, it's not on demand. Yeah, so it's it's a daily dose. You take it every morning, like you're taking a vitamin pill, and then it reaches a level. So it's always working because there's there's something about also saying, okay, oh. I'm gonna have a girl. My, my, gonna be with my girlfriend now. Should I, I'll take the Viagra, uh, and then she gets a headache. And like, damn, I just wasted twelve bucks. So. You yeah, know, it's expensive. Just, yeah, so if you just so some people prefer a daily dose of Cialis. Now, Viagra is not meant to be taken on a daily dose, but you know it's it's certainly not harmful to take it. I uh, ask because like a lot of guys in porn take it every day, and maybe even more than once a day sometimes. Yeah, I have guys who overdose on. I mean, they don't get sick, but it you know the high the more you take, the more likely you have you just to have drops in blood pressure and. Uh, so I wouldn't, you know, the maximum dose is a hundred and I have guys saying I couldn't get it at a hundred. So I took 200. I'm like, you, you know, you're, you're it's dangerous. What happens so if you do? It's dangerous. Take, well, your blood pressure can drop. So you can get uh, a heart attack. I mean, it's uh, regular doses. It's completely safe. It doesn't cause heart. It doesn't cause heart disease. You know, it's, it's, uh, the, the problem is not for men who have heart disease. The problem is men mm-hmm. who take, when they get angina and they take that little nitro under their tongue. Mm-hmm. Those two medications mix and drop your blood pressure rapidly. Oh, so, okay. So it's so not that's, the that's actual the heart mis- itself. Exactly. That's the common misunderstanding. It's the mix oh. of nitro and nitroglycerin and and Viagra, which is dangerous. Oh, so if okay, I had a guy okay. who's had a you know had a heart attack, but he's completely fine now and doesn't have any symptoms, and he doesn't carry around nitro in his pocket, uh, he will um, he will be okay. Oh, interesting. Can I actually ask you about a few things that guys in porn do specifically yeah. and ask you if they're good or bad? Yes, for sure. For sure. Question number one. 
fire. Um, a lot of guys in porn. I shouldn't say a lot of guys, but there. Have you ever heard of this stuff called Caverject? Sure, I prescribe it all the time. Okay, so okay, I'm going to tell you what I what's my understanding of it, and then correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, it, it is it a it's an injection that goes in the base of the penis, and it basically causes like an automatic hard raging boner for the next like few hours. And is it originally prescribed for people with that are like quadru or paraplegic, like they're well, yeah. I mean, it's it's it was pretty much our only drug that we had before Viagra came around. Oh, uh, so yeah, because it predated Viagra. Um, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's the advantage of it is it goes right to the spot, as mm-hmm. opposed to a pill Viagra sales. We have to swallow it, bring it down, digest it. You know that medication goes all throughout the body. How much ends up at the penis and and so on. So it gets and directly- even like. And even like I feel like I've seen guys take Viagra and Cialis, and like it doesn't always work. Like it seems like they also have to like kind of be horny. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That actually, that's the good part about Viagra and Cialis is it works with your natural excitement system. If you take a Viagra and, and you know your girlfriend doesn't show up and you end up going home on the bus and whatever, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna necessarily get an erection. Right. Unless there's somebody cute on the bus that excites you, but it, it, right. it, it, you have to be you have to be aroused for it to work. Right. Bottom line. But Caverject, you know, you know, with a little bit of tongue in cheek, you can give an erection to a dead guy. Like it's right. it's, uh, it's. Could it literally it, give an erection to a dead, dead guy? No. You think? No. Oh, okay. Because no, you need you need. But you need, how about how about a coma? Heart pumping. Uh, so a yeah, coma, yes, sure. absolutely. As long or as like the blood someone is, on a machine. Hundred percent. Okay. Because so as, the, long as, as long the as the blood is, is pumping. Uh, you know, the, the, the Caverject, uh, which is called, which is Alprostadil. And there's also another one called Trimix, which is a mix of three medications. Um, it basically causes the blood vessels in the penis to open up. So more blood flows in. So, so is it like when you prescribe it, is it just to people who like have nerve damage or like what? No, it's, it's more severe cases for one. Okay. Uh, And I have a couple of guys who really are, have such severe uh, performance anxiety. I mean, they're mm-hmm. young guys, but they just, it becomes so devastating them that they, they need, I actually prescribe them Caverject because they, 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 they can't, they just cannot do it. We've done Viagra, sex therapy, whatever. And they just can't get it out of their head. And you know, they, they want still want to have a sex life. So that's kind of what happens in porn is I think, um, I wouldn't. I don't know that like the guys necessarily have like erectile dysfunction, and it's it's not as common as like in porn. Everyone is on either Viagra or Cialis or like sure. some version, yeah. off market yeah. version of it. Yeah. Um, but there are like I would say maybe literally a handful of guys that use Caverject or that we know of. But it's always kind of like a hush hush situation. Like they're not totally out about it. It's not like super out in the open. They kind of. Oh, I we would think they'd be know. injecting like, I mean, you know, when you, when you do these scenes, they're, they're, they, I assume some of them last long and you, you know, uh, and there's cameras around you, whatever. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be able to do a porn scene without, without Caverject. No, it's, it's, it's a totally like for the guys, like I always say, if I were a guy, there's no fucking way I'd be able to do it. It's like, I would never. I would never. No. And, and it's like, it's not just like, you know, people think it's like you show up to set, you get hard. 
you do the scene and you come. It's not like that at all. Like you have to get to set. You have to get hard once for the photos and then we take a break and like everyone and it's not horny at all for like a good right. 30 minutes. And then they have to come back and get hard again. And then we do the scene and they have to come on command. And like, you know, all these people are telling you what to do. And like, it's not always the sexiest scenario. No, I would I would imagine at all. It would not. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh... You know, cab reject is great for that for those for that population, and it. it but the rumor, have... mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. You could have what? You can have a you know. There's a danger side of of cab reject, which is uh, what? Well, one less common, but you can get. We talked about peronies before. So if you constantly inject in the same place, it could cause peronies. Uh, two is called priapism. So priapism is when the the last. It, the medication works too well, and you have an erection last three, four, five, six hours, and then the blood starts to stagnate. It's not oxygenating, and it starts to hurt, and it starts. You know, ultimately, if you let it go for hours and hours, it'll damage the penis. So when I put patients on Cavercheck, I say if you got an erection for four to five hours, one, you have four to five hours to enjoy yourself, then go to the emergency <laughs> room because we got it because we got it treated. Right, and, uh, and I said, and don't wait because it's you know it's kind of embarrassing. Like people are coming in coughing and sneezing, you're coming in, and, and you're you know, uh, sure, because you're going to the it, same ER as everyone right. else, right? So, but it, but it's it's super important. Otherwise, you risk damaging the penis even more. I I know someone that actually like they had to go to the hospital and get theirs drained. Yeah, I think that's what ha- they they drain it of blood, right? Well, like, yeah. So the first thing we do is we we put in a big needle and flush water in it and try to get out the blood clots and get the circulation clean again. Then we inject the medication that is the opposite effect of like the antidote. Yeah, exactly. And instead of uh, shrinking, instead of relaxing the vein, the the arteries, it squeezes them. Uh, and then, and this is not very pretty, but. You actually have to make, you know, cut into the penis if it if those don't work, and you create a passage wave between the inflow and the outflow called a shunt. So, you know that's oh. why yeah that's why you really want to take care of these. Uh, I think that's what the person I knew had to do. I think really? they were at the stage where they had to cut it open yeah. and like yeah. drain it out. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not also, not the person. That I know with Peyronie's, one of the people I know with Peyronie's, the one with the number seven curve, yes, like yes. The, that intense of a curve that his dick looked like the number seven. Um, he he was actually on Caverject when someone sat down on it and broke it. And like yeah. he thinks that like it, because it was so hard, it had no give. Right. So like when she yeah. sat down but, on it really hard, like yeah. it just kind of broke. Yeah, that's um, probably exactly what happened. Sounds sounds. Uh, and then there's exactly. also like a rumor in in porn, and I don't know how true this is, but like that that once you start using Caverject, you'll you're kind of gonna be on it forever. Well, uh, no, I mean if you have good erections, it's not going to make your erections worse that you need it. If you're just giving it to an, enhance you, um, then you're not. You, you still should maintain your baseline. If you're good on a day to day basis, and you can have sex with your your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever. Um, and you're doing this just because you need to last for an hour in the scene with the cameras and this and taking the pictures like you were saying, you you shouldn't become dependent on it at all. Oh, okay. So it's not like physically addictive in any no, way. No, So maybe it's just not. psychologically for like- Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or because, maybe it's you know, not true what, at all. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's not, it's, not, it's not addictive not from that point of view. 
Um, okay. Uh, another thing that guys in porn do is a lot of them are on testosterone. Mm -hmm. And I would say, and I've dated a lot of guys on testosterone. I would say most of the ones in porn mm -hmm. are on like some form of like black market testosterone. Yeah. Like they're definitely not being monitored by a doctor. They're getting it like the guy they're getting it from is in porn actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't well, want to like give away too much, but like. No, I, yeah, but I, yeah, but I, is that I like, see that tense. Yeah, it's a big thing, but it's not, you know, obviously porn I think is a smaller part of the pool, but it's, it's the gyms, the weightlifting and the. Oh. Yeah. 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 And, and they're, all that stuff is circulating and they're on doses. I've seen, you know, usually two to three times the regular dose, but I've seen a guy who was taking seven times the regular dose. Is, and is that very dangerous? Like. It's dangerous. It's the risk of heart attack and stroke and, and, and all that stuff. But I, and when I say to those guys, I say, look, I'm not, you shouldn't be doing it. And not mm -hmm. in any way condoning this in any way, you should not be doing it. But, and as you alluded to before, I'm, I, I want you to be followed. I want you to come back. So at least, at least I can follow you. We do the blood tests every so often and, 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 you know, to the best that we can, mm -hmm. you know, I try to convince them out of it, but at least they're being followed. So, oh, that's like such a wow! You're you're such a nice doctor. Like, well, I mean, it's you know, it's important, that You know what you do on your well, it's no, but it's it's like saying to a a lung doctor, uh, well, you smoked. I'm not going to treat you if you have lung cancer. I mean, you know, it's 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 yeah, sure. Yeah, no, but so. it's also I don't know. Like that's I I would imagine like I don't know why, but I just had this image that like a doctor would be like, if you're going to do that, you're not coming here. No, I mean, I want them to, you know, again, I, I make sure they know that I'm not in agreement with what they're doing. But no, I think they should be followed. Uh, definitely. I'd rather them, they're going to do it anyways. So mm -hmm. at least let them be properly monitored. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, another thing um, that we see not so You know, women common. are taking testosterone, by the way. That's, that's becoming a bit, women taking testosterone. For what, weight loss or? Uh, for sex drive, mostly. Oh, what? Yeah. To make like yeah. to make them hornier, yeah. So and not illegally. I mean, it, this is a, this is the next wave that's coming in. We're just starting to get over some of the false beliefs about testosterone in men, and okay. now now it's starting to become a woman, you know, a woman thing. Um, you know, many women, you know, low libido in women is way higher. I mean, every most men are are horny. You know unless they have hormonal issues, but many women are not. Mm -hmm. uh, and testosterone works well in a lot of them. Uh, it's obviously a much smaller dose than men. It's about a tenth, a tenth dose, but it works in many women. Do you think like, um, do you think like women who are super horny, do we have like, do we have like high testosterone? <laughs> um, I don't, it's a good, you know what? It, Testosterone is just part of the picture. I can't say for women, but I'll, I'll tell you a, a, an interesting related story. I had a, a guy I know came to me uh, and he says, you know, I'm feeling I know I'm low in testosterone. I feel all the, all the symptoms he rattled off. And mm -hmm. He was classic. So I, um, I put him on testosterone. I measured his levels. He was low. Put him on testosterone, feeling good. And then I, his brother, who's a close friend of mine, said, you know, uh, I wonder what my testosterone is like. Maybe I'm low. He goes, well, you know, are you, are you have any symptoms? He goes, well... I, I feel like I'm 18. Like I, I, I you know, my, me and my wife, we fuck all the time, and we're, you know, we're. I, I, I'm feeling great. I'm going to the gym. I'm feeling like better than I've ever felt before. Um, 
So I said, well, you know, it's unlikely, you know, testosterone right. is going to be normal. So I measured his testosterone level for fun. We said, okay, well, let's just do it, you know. And he was lower than his brother. This is what happens when your, your friend is a urologist. <laughs> let's exactly. just measure her testosterone for fun. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and he was low. He was low. Oh, yeah, okay. he was lower than his brother who was having symptoms. So I didn't treat him with testosterone. He doesn't, there's no need to do it. Uh, all that to say is that testosterone, what we measure is just a small part of the whole oh, puzzle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that is super uh, duper yeah. interesting. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, different levels are important for different people. And it's, it's, uh, you know, there's different theories as to why. Uh, and I don't, that's why I, I'm not also, if someone's testosterone is, normal or on the mm -hmm. low side of normal, but they have all the classical symptoms, I will try treatment anyways. Is there, is there like a, that you know of, is there any biological reason that like women tend to have lower libido than men or, or I, I mean, like I'm totally open to the idea that it's just like, you know, society has like basically like made us this way like yeah, because mean, you know I, women have been taught for generations and generations that like we're not meant to be sexual we're just meant to like reproduce and like right yeah so know. i think yeah i think i think one is definitely that and and not only that women don't even realize uh that they're allowed to have an orgasm right you mm -hmm. know sex ends when the man mm -hmm. does his thing when the man mm -hmm. comes and so it, and i think um you know you hear about that term the orgasm gap no. So the orgasm, you know, basically, I think it's about, uh, I may be a little bit off on the numbers, but about 95% of men will come in a man-woman relationship, sexual encounter. Mm -hmm. A woman, I believe it's around 65%. Okay. So you see the, the big difference there. And I, I think part of it is women, it's harder to come. Nobody knows about the clitoris. Men don't know about it. Women don't know their own bodies. There's a million reasons. And, you know, men, once they come, they're falling asleep. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it may be. There's a million reasons. But so women, I think many people, women have grown up or sexually grown up thinking, okay, well, I'll just get them off and then I'll go about my stuff. Yeah, that's I'm, totally I'm not going to have like any. That's totally what we're taught from the time yeah. we're young. Even in porn, like the porn always ends with the guy's orgasm, right? Like it's, there's yeah. never like. There's no, there's never like, hey, did you come? All right, I'll go down on you until you like. There's none no. of that. <laughs> when I watch porn, it actually ends right before the guy orgasms because I, I don't like, to, I don't like to watch guys orgasm. But <laughs> a lot so, of people say that. I, yeah. I hear a lot of people complaining that that it always cuts to the guy's face. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so that's one. I, I think you know there are, you know, to 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 really take it to a more serious place. I think a lot of you know, the amount of women who have been sexually abused at one point mm -hmm. um, is higher than we imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, pretty much every woman I know has been, you know, yeah, gone so through I some think, type of sexual abuse in her life. Right. So I, I think that affects women's experience going into sexual relationships for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, there, you know, and, and there's the, uh, you know, biological aspects of it, you know, uh, and there are many for a woman, painful intercourse, uh, you know, dryness that comes after you've had, or looseness when you've had you know, the changes from childbirth. Um, and, uh, you know, again, the lack of knowledge for, the, you know, many people, again, and, and this is probably where porn is maybe a little bit to blame. You know, you see mm -hmm. these women uh, moaning and groaning and, and so on, and when just from penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. which is most 
I would say most women, and I don't know the statistics, don't feel as good having intercourse sex as they do having clitoral manipulation. So right. they kind of think that they're they're not normal and, and yeah. they're I know, think they're... porn is definitely the thing that puts that idea in people's heads. But mm-hmm. like and like not to make this like whole thing about like defending porn or whatever, because I definitely think porn has its part. 100%. But like also like I think if I think if we provided people with better sex ed or like, you know, if people knew that like the things we're talking about right now, like I don't think they would look to porn to be like Oh, this is no, like people I, would know that porn is something made, you know, for an entertainment. Entertainment, right? So that, yeah. right? So and I, you know, I've I've interviewed a couple of sex therapists about it, and I've looked, at, you know, we researched it a little bit, and and to you know, porn is a great tool for exactly as you say, entertainment. It becomes bad when it becomes a replacement uh, for for sex, mm-hmm. and and if you spend too much time on porn uh, and and then you start to think that it, it, it raises the bar in your mind, mm-hmm. uh, then it, that's when it becomes a problem. You think this is what it should look like. You think you should last for 45 minutes. Right. You you should have it's a unrealistic. Like, yeah. Like, a, you know, you know, a, a mega penis. And we should um, be watching porn the same way we watch like an action movie or, yes. you yeah. know, like it, it should be, yeah, we should great... have like a, an understanding going into it. But unfortunately right. we don't like equip young people with that knowledge. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, I agree. I mean, it all comes down to sex education and, uh, for and, sure. Or lack, or, 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 or lack or of it. Yeah. yeah. You, you were talking, so back to like women's, you know, um, like vaginal dryness and low libido. So, so I know you through Pornhub Aria, um, our brand ambassador, and she was telling me that she was interested in something that you provide. And this is, I, I just want to like preface this with, this is not an ad. Okay. Like I'm not trying to like sell anything, but she was telling me about this crazy machine that I do want to genuinely hear more about. I yep. don't, I don't remember what it was called and I don't Cleo know Vanna. that she did the best Cleo. <laughs> Cleovana? Cleovana, yeah. Okay. And she, okay, this is what she explained to me. It might be very, very wrong. Like, it's just the game of telephone. She told me that it, it's it's a sound wave machine that okay, so you me, wave in front of the vagina and then it makes you horny. <laughs> no, that's not exactly okay. a very good I had a feeling that was wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so first of all, um, let me go back to where this started from. Shockwave therapy, sound wave therapy is used in men. Okay, it's it's initially it's coming, used in uh, men. You said sound wave therapy for okay. erectile dysfunction. Okay, oh, you put, a, you put a little wand on the probe on the penis, and you deliver sound waves. And the theory is it it causes a reaction, which improves ultimately the blood flow and new blood vessels and so on. So there's debate about it. I've been doing it to patients. We've been using it for about four or five years, um, and it's uh, it's called Shockwave. It's one of the companies that markets it big time in in especially in the states. It's called Gaines Wave. Um, so that that's become a huge industry, and um, you know, and then with the with the Me Too movement, that it, it sort of worked its way into women, and it's really at its infancy. So the the machine, the Cleovana, what it's called, okay. is actually three different technologies in in one, as opposed to the men, it's just pure sound waves. But this is shock waves, uh, and then there's some vibratory waves. Hold on, are shock waves and sound waves the same thing for for this? The purpose of this yeah, yes, yes, okay. yes. For the purpose of the conversation, yes. Uh, there, are, there are differences in what a true sound wave is, and, and that's why some of the machines that are used on the market are not really prove, proven 
Okay. And, you know, but yeah. So, and then there's the, um, so there's, there, there's shock waves to the, to the clitoris. And then there's also a little um, suction cup. You ever see those cupping oh, devices? Yes. You know, that people use on their backs and. Yeah, and I do it every week. Like a, gives, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they have, they have a little, we have a little suction cup that goes on the clitoris and. It, it, I've done that in like a bondage scene, actually. Like they use like like people who are into like BDSM and stuff. Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like a little tool they use. It's like a yeah. cupping cup that just goes right over the whole and vulva, the and it oh, like yeah. makes the the whole vulva like huge. Right. So the, right. like it fills so up is, the cup. This is small. Let's say the size of a, a little bit bigger than a quarter. Okay. And you put it just on the clitoris. Okay. Um, so you do, you know, all these three therapies at once and you do it, uh, you know, six, about four or six different sessions. That sounds like it would feel really good. And, uh, well, you know, we, we were warned by the company to warn the patients that orgasm sometimes happens during oh my God. the uh, procedure. So, <laughs> because if you, yeah. Has that ever happened? Uh, not in our office. It's happened to actually some of the men who have gotten shockwave therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah but it's which is you know which is obviously know, embarrassing so but <laughs> i'm 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 12 years old because i'm laughing at this but like that's so funny so, yeah so clear, <laughs> i mean there are some there are some studies out there early it's, it's really really early it's a new technology for a couple of years that shows that it uh you know can help well aria was telling me that she knows two girls that have gotten it done and they love it yeah so and they are we, oh, and they're squirting now. She said. Yeah, so we we've had it. We we've had a couple of patients who've become squirters of it out of it, which is okay. interesting. That is really interesting. But does okay? What does that mean though? Because like, okay, personally, my I I like I've seen many people squirt. I've squirted. I still don't fucking know what it is. When I squirt, it doesn't coincide with like orgasm. Right. It's so just yeah, like I, I look down and like there's like. A waterfall flowing yeah. out of me. I don't yeah, know if I mean, it's pee. Yeah, like, I mean, what, so, so a lot of people it? say that that what you're sharing, what you're saying, is exactly what you hear from most most people, and when you read it, mostly. So one of the theories, or or maybe it's not a theory, maybe there's different types of squirting because you know people just call anything when they have a gush of water squirting. Sure. You know, could it be part? Some people may just have a lot of vaginal secretions coming out. Um, uh, you know, urine is the other one, but but really ultimately. Uh, right on the upper vagina, between where the vagina opens and where you pee from, the urethra, is there's there's this gland called the Skene's gland, and it's it's very similar to a man's prostate, and it's very s- similar position to where the um, where the G spot is supposedly. Mm-hmm. So one of the theories, and it's it's a gland which produces you know fluid. So. One of the theories, which is probably the most common theory about it, is that you're just stimulating this, um, the skin's gland, and you're just, you know, propulsing the liquid from the skin's gland. Fluid and like, if you don't squirt, does it just like stay in you forever? Like, I well, usually those glands don't get full of liquid, so I don't know why. I guess with uh, you know, maybe in these cases when you're stimulating that area, uh, you're making the glands more active. So, I mean, that's these are just theories because I we don't how, really like, know. Like nobody knows about squirt. Like, what yeah. is it? Yeah, I know it's strange because it's not a common thing, and and you know, in, in all honesty, these things aren't easy to study uh, because <laughs> you know you're you're, you're you're you never know when you're gonna you know. <laughs> 
it's almost like, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Like I'm all about sexual positivity and like all that, but it does sound super suspicious. Like, Hey, Hey ladies, we're doing a, a big research a on study. A squirting. Yeah. Like, come stay <laughs> well, at the blah, blah, blah Institute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's um, the other thing, which I know, I don't, I don't know if, if you've come, heard this also, is that, that some people who, who develop squirting or don't necessarily say it was a, such an amazing orgasm that I squirted. It, it's, it's not, that's, so the people that have become squirters, uh, they said it's not like a, it doesn't, it didn't coincide with like the best orgasm they've had in their mm-hmm, life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, yeah. Uh, also, so, I find that when I squirt, it's more of a hassle than anything. Cause I'm like, fuck now it's like, now like my bed's to, wet, like yeah. that's annoying. <laughs> and, and yeah. Um, speaking of coming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> have you have have you ever seen anyone come from a prostate exam? Like, is that a real thing that happens? Um. N- well, I- I've seen people get hard. Uh, you know, and it's usually more of one of these like nervous erections. But, um, you know, I've never. I hope not to see someone come while I'm giving them a. a I mean, like the movies will have us believe that, like, a guy goes in for a prostate exam. The doctor puts like the fingers in, and then he's like, "Oh my god, I can't." No, no, no. So that's not. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that's another thing. That's uh, you know, do men have a G spot or P spot? And you know, you see those um, those uh, well, anal vibrators for men that Mm -hmm. like a prostate massager. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, I think and I think they're quite big in the gay community and probably more and more in the non-gay totally. community. Totally. Oh, I know yeah. a lot of dudes that love that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, because part of sex, uh, sexual function is very uh, mechanical in a way. Mm-hmm. And you can have reflex erections and you can use stimulators to cause ejaculation. And if you stimulate in the proper nerves... Uh, you know, it's, it's how do you give someone a reflex erection? Well, just of you know, sometimes these vibrate vibrators uh, can cause a reflex erection. Oh, like on the prostate, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. So it's it's uh, it's super interesting anatomy. Like, what percent of guys get like a reflex erection when getting a it's, prostate exam? Well, none of my patients. I mean, I never see it. But but you know, I'm oh. doing a prostate exam. I'm not. Well, maybe not you're not doing a good job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They have to pay extra for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm, you know, you're. I'm not. Um, I'm not exactly having my my finger in there for 45 minutes. Yeah. Right? It's, a, sure. it's a four. It's a four second exam. Also, like I guess so, it's. I guess context matters too. Like it's not sure. like you know, like it's not like. Like a gynecologist might accidentally like rub against my clit and I'm not like, oh my God, you right. know, like that's like, right. exactly. it, they may as well be touching my elbow. Like it's right. not. And if, and if, right. And if someone touches your clit for three seconds, you're not necessarily going to be rolling, you know, and, and squirting. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Context and, and duration and. Situational. And, yeah, exactly. Um, about, um, so. Another commonly asked thing is the premature ejaculation thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I just want to 
premature ejaculation and pre-cum are two like totally different things? Like, are they related yeah, at all? Totally. No, no, no. Because pre-cum is, is just a liquid that comes out of usually from the glands, um, uh, Cowper's glands that are sitting in there. It's, it's so just, does pre-cum have sperm in it? Oh, my husband and I have a bet like before he knew, he knows I'm talking to you today and my husband, like not to put him on blast or anything, but he pre-cums more than anyone I've ever seen. Like, right. Like it's insane. He, like when he's is he bothered horny, by it or no? Like we think because it's people, funny. Some, like yeah, because some men are really bothered by it. They're like, make it stop. I'm like, I can't. I mean, I it's can't. like his like sometimes like his underwear is like no joke. Yeah. Like he has to change it because he he like got horny and pre came. Yeah, no, it's 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 just the gland that lub- that secretes fluid to lubricate the urethra, just overactive basically. Uh, so, so no, like, there's in pure pre cum. There's no sperm but if thank you, you that was that was the bet and but, that's what i bet oh right okay. but you could have some sperm theoretically in the tube um oh like residual sperm residual sperm <laughs> you know but there's okay. no sperm do not make get into the cowper's gland per se so in, you know in, in you know you're so, mostly so right, you're saying like when the pre comes coming out it might pick up some old sperm along the of, way yeah, but exactly. but pre come in in and of itself does not have sperm. Per se, it does not. But, okay. I feel like I won that oh, bet. Right, but, right. but I would not I mean, use it as a birth control uh, saying oh. it's impossible. And, you know, if you look, take gather enough pre-cum under the microscope, you may find some sperm incidentally I mean, being picked up from the canal. We've been using the pull-out method and it's been working. So Didn't you just, <laughs> uh, wait, you just had a kid though, no? Yeah, well, <laughs> I've had two, right. and like I wouldn't say either of them were like totally planned, but right. <laughs> you know, for the most part, it works. <laughs> the right. So method. anyway, so that's that's uh, that's pre cum, um, which is different to- from premature ejaculation, which is I'm guessing that's just like when a guy comes too early, right? So and and you know what I mean, and you know we're talking about most of the guys that come to see me with premature ejaculation, they can barely penetrate before without coming. I had so, an ex-boyfriend like that. Yeah. He, so he came from putting the condom on one time. Yeah. So it's usually less than one or two minutes, but you know, we have to manage expectations also because the average man will come in about eight minutes of penetration. We're not talking, forget about the foreplay. Eight minutes is the average. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know what? Like, that's actually less than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's what it is. Okay. So, so you really, we really have to manage people's expectations. No, also. I mean, it's more than I thought. What, what oh, I meant is that it's okay, more okay, than okay. I thought. Okay, yeah. I thought that, I thought the average would be like four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, many men are four, five, six, whatever minutes. Yeah. That sounds but, like kind of normal to me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, but it, it, it also depends where you're coming from, you know, no pun intended. So if a guy used to come in 45 minutes and now he's coming in 15 minutes, sometimes that becomes, stre- you know, upsetting to them. Okay. Uh, but, but a man who's a real premature ejaculator, uh, he, you know, for him to get to 15 minutes, he would, you know, he would give up his, he would cut off his toe. Yeah. Know? So. What, is there like, um. Is there like a clinical definition of premature ejaculation or is it just like, is it just, there's a bunch, but you know, you know, some, some, some societies use it, you know, less than a certain amount of time period. Some say, if you just come 
before you're ready to come. Uh, but typically, I mean, it's, but that's you know, like within a that's such minutes. a that's such an abstract way to put it. Like before you're ready to come, like that could mean yeah. anything. Yeah, exactly. But it's typically uh, you know one or two minutes. Okay. And how do you fix that? Because like my ex would like I'm not kidding you. Like he would put it in and come. Yeah. Um, so sometimes again, like you're going to, this is a common theme with me. I, I, I convince them to go to a sex therapist because sometimes okay. that can help. Um, some people can, with some training, start, stop, start, stop. So basically you, so edging, edging, uh, yeah, uh, that can help prolong things. Uh, you can train yourself to do it. Um, and, uh, the other one is, uh, creams or sprays that numb the penis a little bit. I, I prescribe Emla, which is, you know, when a little kid gets their earrings pier their ears pierced and you put a little that numbing lotion on it. Okay. Uh, or before they get a little vaccine, some people will put on a little bit of that numbing cream. It's um, like a lidocaine type thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's basically a lidocaine lidocaine cream. Okay. So you, you put it on for you know 45 minutes in advance and uh and uh, you wipe it off before you do it because you can transfer it to your partner. Um, so that helps in some people. And the other one, the, the, really the other one and the most common one and the most effective one is antidepressants. Oh. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, Paxil is the most commonly used one and the most studied one. There, even, even if the patient doesn't have suffer from depression? Yeah, exactly. This came about because men who were on antidepressants uh, sometimes who don't have premature ejaculation, sometimes they have delayed ejaculation. I've definitely heard of, that from both men and women. Yeah, it's one of the that it's harder to come. Yeah, hundred percent. So then it began to be it was studied in in the premature ejaculation. Um, so you some men will take it every night before they go mm -hmm. to sleep because let it build up to a certain level, but it can cause some fatigue and other side effects. Some you can use it on demand. Problem is you got to take it about four to six hours in advance. You got to kind of plan for it. Uh, there is a, a medication in that family which is available in the States, which isn't available here in Canada, uh, which is faster acting. Okay. So you can really... Another antidepressant? Uh, it's it's the same family of medications, but because it's a fast-acting fact fast <laughs> medication, it comes in and out quickly, um, It doesn't. it's not suitable to be used as an antidepressant. Oh, oh! Because, so it's specifically for yeah, premature but it's ejaculation. The same, right, but the mechanism of action is it's you know these are serotonin reuptake inhibitors. It is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It just works quickly and and gets into your body. Oh, quickly. interesting. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, I don't know how to segue into this, so I'm just gonna like come out and ask it. Yeah. Um, are blue balls real? <laughs> <laughs> uh, blue balls are are, are uh, kind of congestion of the testicles. So uh, I haven't read a great, again, not something we can really study easily uh, <laughs> to look at the anatomy of someone after they've been, you know, I don't know. It's just like, but, you know, like I've been having sex for like, I don't know, like a few decades now. Yeah. And I can't seem to like get a straight answer out of anyone. Like I, like some guys swear up and down that blue balls are real, and then like some guys are like, "No, it's bullshit." Yeah. So like, I mean, I, I've I've read explanations about it, and I've 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 heard the same thing as you heard, but you're saying now, but I, you know, I, I don't. Think I feel it's like really a real thing, but yeah, I feel like 
I feel like I'm looking at your face right now and I feel like it's not a real <laughs> thing at all. And but like you're like feeling kind of guilty because of like the bro code <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I got to stick up for my bros with blue balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just I think what's go- what's going on is like there's like this universal bro code where like guys have all decided that, oh, we're going to tell all all the girls that we get blue balls when they don't make us come or whatever. Right. <laughs> but um, okay. Well, you know, wink, wink. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear yeah. what you're but, saying. But there are some explanations as to why it may be a real thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Let's segue um, out of this now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Another. Uh, so I have a list of questions, and like, you know, there's there's no way to segue into or out of any of these things. Um, how fire. come yeah. some guys and and I don't know if this is like. This is definitely a real thing because, like, I've talked to girlfriends about it and, like, we don't know why the fuck this is a thing. But it's a thing. I don't know if it's been medically studied. But sometimes when certain guys come in my vagina, it stinks so bad afterward. Like, it smells, I'm not joking you, like a dead animal. It almost smells like BV, like bacterial vaginosis. But it's, but it's like... But, like, I don't know if that's what it is because it's, like, only when certain guys come in me. Like, I've been in relationships where, like, yeah, like my boyfriend, if he comes in me, it smells so he can't come in me. But then, like, I'll be with the next guy and it's fine. Like, what? what's up with that? Like yeah, That I've never heard. I know, you know, cum can, you know, taste differently by foods and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I assume we're talking about men who are all clean and, and mm. you know. I mean... I never really thought about that. So like I'd have to really sit down and like make a spreadsheet about that before I could answer. Because, that. you know, I, I've seen, you know, some, a lot of men when they get uh, um, phimosis or they can't, you know, the tightening of when they're not circumcised and they can't pull down the foreskin, uh, they don't clean it well or they can't clean it well. I think it's that. It's yeah. not that because like we would have made that connection, I think. Right, right. Um, is especially this something like that you've in, heard from other people? It's, I've experienced a, it and I've talked yeah. about it with girlfriends and like yeah. we are definitely all like, yeah, this is a thing. Like some guys – and like it's to the point where I'm like, you know what? I think this is like like nature's way of telling me I'm not meant to be with this guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> like we're, we're I, not a I, I match. Yeah. I mean I don't know anything – I'll be honest. I, I really never heard that and don't have a good explanation <laughs> offhand. Uh, but, you know, there are some women who get bladder infections all the time with one yeah. partner. And mm-hmm. not with other partners, not oh, because they're okay. doing anything. Yeah, not because they're doing anything radically different, radically dirtier, or, or whatever with the other guy. It's just that there's some there's something between one man and a woman that doesn't happen with another man that leads to bladder infections. What um, is it? Uh, you know, it could just be simple things by the like angle a pH of how they're thing. Having sex. Or, okay. Uh, well, yeah, I mean the angle they're having sex or little changes that push the bacteria in more than, than with another situation. Um, you know, and mm. I've, again, I've never read a good explanation to it, but it's, it's a, it's definitely a thing. There's no doubt. I see it all the time. Women who yeah. are with a boyfriend, they get infection, infection, they break up, they're with another boyfriend and they get nothing or vice yeah. versa. Hmm. Interesting. But why you, why some, why you smell inside after certain guys, not other guys. Don't know. It's, you know, it's it's so weird. I happen to be in a relationship now where it doesn't smell, so like I'm glad, but I'm just like wondering. 
if, if that means we're meant to be or something. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Put a ring on it. <laughs> um, is it, is it, is it dangerous if like, um, oh, wait, okay, before, yeah, okay, let's get this one out. Is it dangerous if a guy pees on me or in me in any of my holes? Like, is that dangerous? In any of your holes? I mean, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I guess if you swallow a little bit of urine, that's okay. But if you swallow too much urine, it probably could be dangerous. Oh, um, like what would happen? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think you'd have to swallow a lot. I mean, urine is eliminating waste products. So you'd be drinking waste products, but you probably, you know, if you just had a shot of, of pee. Uh, yeah, you, it wouldn't be, be more fine. than a shot. You'd be fine, yeah. It, it wouldn't even be a so, shot, honestly. Yeah, so I, I would say no. I mean, in, in normal quantities of urine, I would say, I think your orifices are pretty safe with a little urine. Okay. Um, also, how do you know what? Have you ever heard of sounding? Sounding with like the metal, uh, yeah, the metal rods there. It's like a metal rod that like goes yeah. into the urethra. I don't yeah. know if there's like a medical well, those, purpose for that, well, but there, well, uh, there is a medical purpose, and I'll tell you why they're even called sounding. It's oh. an interesting story. So um, these are for men. For women, these are. Um, short-ish, well, you know, let's say four inches long, metal rods that come in gradually bigger sizes. And for men, they're actually longer. And why they're called sounding is because before we were able to, one of the most common illnesses in the bladder in the past was bladder stones. And before we had CAT scans and ultrasounds and cystoscopes where you can peek inside the bladder, they would put in these sounds in the urethra and they would listen to the sound of the metal rod hitting the <gasps> stone and that's how they make the diagnosis by that sound so that's where the word sounding comes from <laughs> that oh my god i have like nine phone calls to make right after we hang up yeah so we i we i use sound i use sounds medically when there's a, a narrowing in the urethra we use it to gently dilate it now what's your question uh, i don't know what the question how come some people <laughs> like it that's my question. I, yeah, I, I don't know, and and I don't, you know, I've I've seen, I've had, to, I've been called the emergency room to pull out all sorts of things from the urethra, Q-tips, pens, uh, Mardi Gras beads. Um, oh my I, god! I, I imagine what? all these things, like, like, like bondage and so on. There's a psychological component to it. Sure. Um, I was I just wondering if, yeah, like I, I definitely think there's like a probably, if not all of it is psychological, but I was just wondering yeah. if like maybe, like could there be like some kind of I don't think so physical yeah. and, reason no. that it feels good and, to and, some people and it, yeah and and you, you know just you know, warning for all those out there if you go too deep you can perforate the bladder so mm -hmm. you know I've never gone that deep the the craziest was like I one guy really liked um me to do the sounding thing but it was like an electrocution thing so like like i would put in the metal rod into his urethra and then i had like a it hooked up to this box that like oh had God. like um a dial and i would electrocute him from the inside of his urethra <laughs> you and honestly joking, like i was like 19 years old when i was doing this oh and God. like the way i'm describing it now you can imagine like i shouldn't yes. i shouldn't have these tools in my hands no <laughs> Please, nobody out there do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless maybe like you're really experienced. I don't know. Anyway, I, no, no. I shouldn't have been doing no, no, no. it. I can no. tell you that no, now as a 30 No one should be woman. electrocuting their urethra. 
I wonder if there's any like I've never come across a woman who liked being having her urethra penetrated. Does it? Do you ever come across that? I mean, I've seen some patients who do it um, for fun. Yeah, I've, I've, you know, but uh, you know, I, I've one of them traumatized their urethra, uh, but uh, and did, yeah, was she I, like? I, was it in like the a BDSM context or like? No, no. She was just doing it to herself, or yeah. Interesting. So I, 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 you know, I don't know how common it is, but uh, you know, there certainly are some. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think that's. I'm like looking at my list. I'm like some. Oh, one more question. Um, is it is it true that guys are getting Botox in their balls now? Scrota uh, Botox. Yeah. 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 Scrotox, I think. Scrotox. Okay. Well, is that a thing? Uh, yeah, it's a thing. Um, Why? Like, I, are they trying I, to make it less wrinkly? Yeah, which is kind of weird. Like, who I cares? Mean, yeah. No offense. Yeah, no, uh, no offense taken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I don't mind my uh, my wrinkled scrotum. <laughs> yeah, like, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a big thing. I've never been asked by patients. I'm trying to think, I've never been asked by a patient to do it. Uh, the only context where I would have considered doing it is some men have this reaction where their balls go up, mm-hmm. you know, you, like, like, like you get when you go into a, a swimming pool, a cold mm-hmm. pool and like almost like into their bodies. Right. Right. So some people yeah. get such an exaggerated reaction that it actually hurts them. Okay. So that's the only, uh, instance where I would see, uh, a medical use for it. Sure. And you're giving, you know, but, uh, you know, to, to straighten out your, your, or scrotum. I mean, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Who cares? Like, well, nothing's. It's like I mean, talk about putting lipstick on a pig. Like, right. nothing's gonna make. I mean, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Balls are beautiful. Um, I, I think that's like everything. Is there anything? Is there any kind of like misinformation out there that like you just see all the time that like you want to re- set the record straight? Like, as as a doctor. Um. I mean, ooh, it's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, you know, a lot of things we talked about, even, you know, mm-hmm. premature ejaculation, how long it should last for, the whole idea about the psychological aspect of it. Um, and, you know, many men come in also because they have good morning erections uh, or no morning erections. They think that it can't be psychological. So, you know, I, I urge everybody who's has sexual dysfunction to, besides seeing a professional, someone who knows what they're talking about, to, to, to think about seeing a sex therapist mm-hmm. and uh, and go out there. And, and, and there's a lot of new therapies out there that we do. Um, shockwave therapy we talked about. And there's also, mm-hmm. you know, you, you heard of PRP? Yeah, I've done PRP yeah. in my face. Yeah, so we do PRP, the O-shot, which is in the clitoris and the G-spot. What? Yeah. Sorry, I just like talked right into <laughs> Wait, right into the clit? Yeah, yeah. So we oh. do, and, and and for men, it's the P shot. We inject into the penis. And what so, does it do? Well, the the theory behind the the P shot is you're injecting, or any platelet therapy into the face, where or into the hair, is that you're injecting platelets, and platelets release have the growth factors and healing factors in them. So um, for men, it's supposed to help uh, with erectile dysfunction, and for women, it's supposed to help with sexual sensation. And- is it the same thing as like like I got it injected into my face, but what they did was like they they took my blood out from my arm, spun it in a machine, separated the yeah. 
platelets or whatever, and then injected yeah. that back into my face. So yeah, same so thing. It's the exact same thing, except we inject into the clitoris or the penis. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did two today, actually. So oh. it's, it's it's a real thing, and um, you know, I also you know I've used it. Have you, you know what lichen sclerosis is? No, I don't. So no, so some women get this re- reaction in their vagina on the outside. Uh, and it's, it, the skin becomes very dry and leathery and it, it almost fuses together. The labia sometimes stick together and the little clit, clitoral hood, the little mm-hmm. clitoral hood, hood gets the hood. Yeah. gets stuck to the, uh, is there a street word for that or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just the hood. Right. So sometimes it'll, sometimes it'll actually. It sounds stick. like a street word. Right. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it'll stick to the clitoris and actually hide it so oh. and it's it's often painful and itchy and so that's called lichen sclerosis so i i, I use uh prp platelet-rich plasma into the skin all around there to to treat uh, the lichen sclerosis um oh, so it's 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 a it's a good tool it's you know some people don't believe that it exists the problem with the medical community is, is unless there's ten thousand studies done in the best university centers there's a little bit of a snobbery uh mm-hmm. about it and and uh, but you know I, i've been doing it there's are some studies out there and they're slow to come out but um i've had some some patients men and women with the p shot or o shot who've had great success with it we well, also it in- i think especially like in women's sexuality like we're at like the bottom of the list like no yeah, but that's we're just at, we're, well <laughs> until now we're at the tip of the iceberg and it's it's starting so okay, cool. in 10 years from now, like, let's meet up again and have a conversation cool. like this because there's going to be, it, there's going to be so much more. Like, like I said, the, 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 uh, the whole idea about the orgasm gap, the whole idea about this Cleovana, which we talked about before, uh, testosterone for women. I mean, it's, we're at the tipping point now. So, right. you know, so just stay tuned. Well, that's sure. very encouraging. And thank yes. you for doing the important work. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, and and people can check out your podcast. What is it called again? Have the balls to talk about it. Talk about it. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna it. we're gonna have you on it. Yes, I'm. I'm. I would love to. Like literally okay. anytime, please. Okay, we will. <laughs> um, well, thank you for so much for being with us. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs>